0: This is going to be awesome.
1: Everybody, this is daniel
2: Oh, and this is Daniel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and this is Carlin. We are Hoosier Homicide, a true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. Oh, Boris, please have a seat on top of my cross stitch. Wouldn't want to be in your way or anything. Come on. No, what? No, over here. Quit licking th- Okay. Okay. Quit licking things. You. Yeah, you. Don't come over here. Right here. And Boris made his video conference debut on our daughter's <laughs> conference call that she had this morning with her preschool classroom.
2: <laughs> he was very good.
1: It was. She had a Zoom meeting with her preschool. I think there were like, there might have been 10 other kids that was on. it. Yeah.
2: I'm glad I talked to you. Yeah.
1: Either. I almost didn't. Well, when I looked at it, at first I thought it was the moms were all going to sit down. I'm like, nope, nope. Hang I don't on. need to talk to any other moms. Hang
2: on. Hello. What What was that again?
1: Have you ever considered solar power for your property? Oh, yes. Well, what we're doing is just offering you a free solar evaluation. It's no money Mm -hmm. out of your pocket, no obligation. It's just to show you how the program works and the different benefits. But are you currently spending maybe $100 or more in your village
2: (laughs) Excuse me. Daniel? Hello? Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry, could you... you could spend maybe $100 or, or
1: more in your
0: bill?
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Uh, excuse me.
1: <laughs> we don't get solar, like, we're not... <laughs> we don't get enough sunlight to do it. I
2: only did that because that is the fourth time they oh, have called. okay,
1: yeah, I was like, the fourth time. Yep, yeah, that's enough. That's enough guys. <laughs> yeah. That's too much. Maybe they won't call back now. Or just someone else will call back. We don't get I've looked at it before. We don't get enough direct sunlight to benefit from it.
2: I feel like when you uh this is how it works with the company, like only one person can own the phone number. And once you piss them off, they sell your phone number to somebody else. Mm hmm. Like it really feels that's how it works because she won't call me back.
1: But she'll sell your phone number to someone else. But
2: like it'll get passed on to the next company. Here, you can try this asshole out.
1: It's great fun. What were you doing? You were talking like Mickey Mouse on one and you're going, ha-ha. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then she goes, I wanna talk to Mickey Mouse <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. You're like it's not it's not Mickey Mouse. Uh, it's not. <laughs> the,
2: the best one I had. I was at work, and I was screaming about have. I was telling her I had a pet chimpanzee, and it got out of its cage. <laughs> and I did this whole i I did this whole thing where like the monkey was throwing poop.
1: You did a whole entire skit.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. What were they? And trying- she stayed on the entire <laughs> time. See, they're
1: supposed to give up, like that woman did after the fourth sneeze or whatever. Yeah, supposed to give up. But someone stayed on with your whole Oscar-worthy performance. Like, all I was
2: doing there was just sneeze. You know, I had to sneeze.
1: I know. Men are loud sneezers, I feel I like. I should
2: have asked, can you get Corona through the phone?
1: <laughs>
2: oh, she's
1: probably pissed she still has to do her job because it's through the phone. Yeah. Oh, but if it's the fourth time they've called, you have permission to be an asshole. You do. Yeah. But yeah, our daughter had a conference call on Zoom for no... I mean, it was like 30 minutes of just the kids... What are the
2: odds? That's what we were talking about. Yeah. And, and we a, just did a conference call.
1: Yes, we did. And we had the laptop on, in her bedroom. And so all the kids could like see the clean one fourth of her room that's clean, just the bed. They couldn't see the other half of
2: it. It's called movie magic.
1: Mm-hmm. And then Boris was right there in the shot. All the kids, I think were just looking at themselves, making faces. Or they said hi to everyone. And they're like, what are you doing, you know, during our break? And you're like, I'm playing with my friends. And it's like, uh, uh, like, no, you're, you're alone and bored and very, very sad. That's what you are. (laughs) The other kids are like, I had a picnic. I have a pet rock. I was like, okay. (laughs) Someone had a pet rock? Yeah. That was one of the the things they were doing. Like, all right. She's like, I got a pet. It was a bit bigger than a rock. A little bit more annoying too. Right, Boris? He's sleeping.
2: He goes, it's rough. It's rough.
1: <laughs> Last night, I was trying to get her to go to sleep, like I do every night. And She's like, rub me. Like, she wants me to rub her back. Uh, and then she looks at me and she goes, why is life so hard? I was, like, I was like, it's not. <laughs> it's fine. Go to bed. <laughs> I was like, you are fine. She was just saying it because she wants to ask me questions to keep me awake.
2: <laughs> you answer things to her how your mom answers stuff to you.
1: <laughs> Except your
2: mom has mastered how to make it sound motherly. Yeah, I haven't. I have not.
1: She just wants me to keep talking. Usually she can come up with something I'm like, we'll look it up tomorrow on YouTube. We'll look it up. But like I couldn't look up why is life. So I mean I could. I don't know what I'd get. But it's because I say it to her too. When something really inconvenient happens, I go. I know life is hard. <laughs> Being an asshole, she doesn't know it. <laughs> just, Why is life so hard? <laughs> I was like, I don't think she because was. Because it is. I know. I think I did say that. I was like, it just is. It's not that bad. I don't think she was saying it though in connection that she feels like she's missing out on stuff because of the stupid virus. I think she just was saying it to make me talk to her longer, so she didn't have to go to sleep. Yeah. The same thing where she's like, I'm hungry. I itch. It was like, you are making shit up magically when the lights go off. Yep. (laughs) So she had her first Zoom conference. And she was pleasantly surprised by all that. I'm glad you made me do it. Because at first I was saying, I thought it was all the moms were going to sit down. I was like, no. not sitting down talking to any of these That's because you
2: don't actually read everything on the page. I don't. I don't. (laughs) You read read the synopsis. And if there's not a synopsis, you read the first two sentences and go, okay, got it. Okay, got
1: it. I don't mean to do that. I really don't. I don't mean to do it. I could try harder, though. That's it. I'm going to try harder. Yeah. Check back with me next month, see if I tried
2: harder. Yeah, we'll, we'll start making a list.
1: Nope. Nope. No list. I hope everyone's trapped inside their homes and having a good time. Uh, Daniel, tell me about this thing on Netflix called Tiger King. What is that about?
2: Well, it's about a gay man who seduces two straight men with tigers and meth. It's actually very, very
1: fascinating. Oh, my God. Very fascinating. I I don't. And, okay, there's criticism now saying that it's all bullshit, that Netflix is, like, making it up or blurring it to fit their narrative. An unreliable narrator. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care.
2: If I'm those people, though, they're making them money.
1: Yeah, they're doing something. I mean...
2: Somebody will do what it's actually about. They're making a movie about Carol. They are? Yeah. Who's and,
1: playing her? Or is it her? Uh, yeah,
2: it's uh, one of the girls. It's Kate. Uh, hang on a second.
1: At first, I wanted...
2: She's on uh, She's on Saturday Night Live. She was in Ghostbusters. Okay, yeah, I know.
1: Uh, I know what you're talking about. Um, Kate McKinnon, and now they're talking. And
2: now they're they're saying that uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, Matthew McConaughey are thumb wrestling over uh, who gets to play Joe. Rick, the producer, uh-huh. they said uh, they said either Billy Bob Thornton ah, or J.K. Simmons. Yes,
1: yes. And then I also saw Daniel McBride, Dan-
2: uh, Danny McBride, McBride. Yeah, also
1: I saw him. He would be good as any anyone in that movie. He'd be good. Uh,
2: Burt Kreischer said he should get a play. Um,
1: oh, the, um, the rich dude that shows up. Joel. Something. Man. I don't I'm know. I'm doing pretty good with yeah, names. You are, I you never remem- remember names. I definitely don't. Yeah, that guy. We haven't finished it yet, but dude, that shit is fucked up. Like, I wasn't going to watch it. There was a podcast, a professional one, that I didn't listen to because it has animal abuse.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to type it, look it up on IMDB. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, why is it not popping up? I typed in the Lion King. <laughs> Wait a second.
1: Yeah. Joe exotic. Now it is animal abuse, like what they're doing with them tigers and then like carting the, the cubs around everywhere, taking like to make money off of. that's what they're doing. They're making money off. And then they have a bunch of big tigers that need to be fed. And
2: Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe, okay. Man, it wasn't even close.
1: I knew who you're talking about though. He's we've just got we haven't finished it. I don't know what episode we're on. I don't even know how many episodes are in there. I don't know when it's Six, ever so there's Six or seven? What episode are we on doing now?
2: Mm, I would think we're towards the end.
1: Yeah, it's gotta be. I just love it. He's got several husbands, and then that weird, like, guru-buddha well, guy. he's got, like,
2: both of his husbands, and I know you shouldn't stereotype, but neither one of them.
1: Look, mm-mm.
2: That you would look at them and talk to them, and the, their mannerisms, there is nothing that you would go that these men are gay no
1: so it makes it weird like you're not supposed to do that i know like it's not trying to be mean it's just usually you could look and be like you might yeah but these guys you wouldn't go i don't think you are but they are they are (laughs) and they usually don't have well the one never has a shirt on did they do that you know when they're recording people he got teeth he did get teeth i i feel bad for people that don't have all their teeth Um, like i mean even if i guess meth will eat your teeth but like you know
2: john finlay
1: the first husband one yes but then they have that one dude with all them wives
2: all the i mean really all them look pretty bad (laughs) yeah i mean like there ain't anybody howard carol's husband seems like the most logical mm -hmm. person there and the attorneys
1: yeah yeah i mean the people doing meth i mean that's what it is it's drugs i don't think there
2: actually is People keep saying meth, but I, so far there hasn't no, been... No,
1: but I think I read that, which this could be wrong, that they were saying the documentary doesn't accurately show how much drug usage was going on.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, but I can't guarantee that. Well, maybe that. that's I did read it. legality that they were... Yeah,
1: order. I did read that. And which makes sense that people, you start doing some weird fucked up shit because you're doing drugs. Blowing up your so. own stuff, allegedly.
2: Anyways, go watch it. It's fun. Oh, God. If we keep going, then we're not going to talk about no it. We're anything just gonna else. Give, we're just going to give. We're going to give you the first five episodes. Yeah, I
1: don't think we gave anything away. I don't know. I don't. Think, I mean, I mean, I don't know. You just start. It just gets weirder and weirder. Yeah. And I don't even know what. Um, don't fall in love with anyone that has a lot of big cats. I just feel like it probably won't end well. But you do. Use I'm really me.
2: looking forward to the movie.
1: Yeah. How fast can they make I that? I think it's
2: going to be Netflix, too.
1: Oh, that needs to be Netflix. is, so, uh, You know.
2: Like, maybe it's one of those things that they went, all right, we have to tell. We're going we're gonna to tell the movie like this. So we need to tell the story first so everyone's really wants to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you saw this from the outside.
1: You wouldn't believe it. For that. a
2: movie, even with the cast, you're sitting there going okay okay but now after seeing it it's like
1: mm-hmm. oh snap i saw it was a meme it was someone whispering in the president's ear and the caption is oh shit's really hitting the fan out there it goes release the tiger documentary <laughs> 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 and it did it gives us something thank you <laughs> oh okay i don't even know what the fuck's going on. okay so on. here's
2: just to tell you who joe exotic the main guy is which I would think most of the people listening to us
1: There's so many memes to him, right? Yeah.
2: But here is the, the thing in the New York Post today. And this doesn't really give anything away. Tiger King star Joe Exotic files $94 million lawsuit wants presidential pardon.
1: Oh, oh. What's a lawsuit against? Who's it against? Okay. Well, we don't want to give that away. Don't want to give it yet.
2: Probably Netflix, but
1: you never know. Man, I don't know what Netflix does. I mean, I don't know how they get away with shit.
2: He'll have somebody volunteer to be his attorney now.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Because they're assuming he's going to make some sort of money.
1: I like that. I'll just say, I'm
2: going to take 40%.
1: Yep. Just a smidge off the top. People are weird. Tigers are cool. People are weird. Yep. Okay, I don't know if there's any connection to the. Besides, we're talking about the virus and need some entertainment during the virus. So that's why we're here. This is Patreon. If you found yourself here, you belong here. Welcome and thank you. I'm sorry things suck right now. But look, you have Patreon episodes. Or lack
2: thereof sucking. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing, Yeah,
1: nothing, dear. Do you know what we're talking about? Yes. Yes, you do. How much do you know about this person?
2: A lot. I went and read a bunch today. Why? Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
1: Oh, she got a joke book of 100 or 800 jokes. My mom got that for her. So now she makes up her own jokes. Don't really make a lot of sense. Except what do you call a person with no feet? What? A faller downer. (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) I was like, okay. Jokes, this kid's got jokes. <laughs> you made her look like Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> I did. I did. So. Okay. This came from Wikipedia, history dot com, Britannica.com, smithsonianmag.com, dot com, Mentalfloss.com, Wired dot com, Washington Post, and NPR dot com. You're welcome. Got it. That's a lot of research for this thing. Because you know, each article has like a little bit something you're missing, so mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of typhoid fever?
2: Yes. Okay,
1: good. There is one name or, that is synonymous with typhoid fever.
2: Are you going to explain what typhoid fever yeah, is? Oh, yeah. It, it's all in here.
1: It's kind of... Oh, okay. Don't worry.
2: I would just figure if you ask what typhoid fever is, you would explain what typhoid fever is. I'm going is, to. Not then, because...
1: I'll explain it. No one's missing out. Don't worry. Um, There's a, there's a few... Po- oh, I did listen to My Favorite Murder. One of their more favorited episodes is about typhoid Mary. And that's a good one also. And it's funny. So Mary Mallon is her real name. And she was born in eighteen sixty eight in Cookstown, Northern Ireland, is what it currently is. And how much Irish I'm like thirty percent?
2: You're you're only like two things. You're two different shades of white.
1: Burnable white. How much Irish are you? Like ten? I think I'm from Northern Ireland though. I don't know about Cookstown. County Cork. Tipperary? Mm. Yeah. She migrated to the United States in 1883 or 1884. She lived with her aunt and uncle for a time and later found work as a cook for affluent families. I don't know if I like Irish food that much, but I guess she could have cooked just about anything. I don't know. They had
2: a lot of meatloaf and potatoes. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. But I feel bad for anyone that has to travel over here on a boat. It seems like it probably wasn't a whole lot of fun. But being a cook paid more money than other jobs so that so she had a skill basically right yes from 1900 to 1907 mary worked as a cook in the new york city area for seven families so you didn't stay with like one family they passed you around i don't know why yeah i guess you get a variety if you get different cooks in there yeah in 1900 she worked in Mammerneck, new york where within two weeks of her employment, residents developed typhoid fever. In 1901, she moved to Manhattan, where members of the family for whom she worked developed fevers and diarrhea, and a laundress died. So you can die from this. So what is it? I will get there. Don't worry. It's part of the story. It's part of the story. I promise. I promise it works. Okay? I worked really hard on this. Let it breathe. (laughs) Mary then went to work for a lawyer. And left seven of the eight people in that household ill. So wherever she goes, diarrhea follows. In August of 1906, Mary... Kind of t-
2: like you and your sister.
1: Listen, I've been pretty regular here lately. Maybe it's because I'm trapped in the house. I'm not sure. <laughs> Usually that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> in 1906... Mary took a position in Oyster Bay, Long Island, and within two weeks, 10 of the 11 family members were hospitalized with typhoid. She changed jobs again, and similar occurrences happened in three more households. She worked as a cook for the family of a wealthy New York banker, Charles Henry Warren. When the Warrens rented a house in Oyster Bay for the summer of 1906, Mary went with them. So it's like you're bringing your help. I don't want to have to cook my own food, even on vacation or whatever. From August 27th to September 3rd, six of the 11 people in the family came down with typhoid fever. The disease at the time was unusual in Oyster Bay, according to medical doctors who practiced there. Uh, typhoid fever was viewed as a disease of the crowded slums associated with poverty and lack of basic sanitation. So the wealthier here, that disease doesn't follow the wealthy. It's the poor Irish immigrants that got that dirty disease. Ah, Ugh. Ugh.
2: That explains it, though. That's why you constantly have diarrhea. Listen. That's what it is. We figured it out. Damn it.
1: Concerned that the outbreak would prevent him from leasing out his summer house again, so people are like... And
2: canceling all the sporting events. Yep. Mm
1: -hmm. The Warrens' landlord hired George Soper, a freelance sanitary engineer who had investigated other sources of typhoid fever outbreaks to determine the cause. Soper discovered that a female Irish cook who fit the physical description he was given kind of. Hefty, I think. Frumpy? Firm. Maybe firm? Firm. That's
2: how I like my women.
1: Well-built. Firm. Firm. Was involved in all of the outbreaks. He was unable to locate her because she generally left after an outbreak began without giving a forwarding address. Soper learned of an active outbreak in a penthouse on Park Avenue and discovered Mary was the cook. Hmm. Two of the household servants were hospitalized and the daughter of the family died of typhoid. When wealthy people's... Offspring start dying. It matters more. Well, yeah, yeah. So that's what happened. It's like, oh, someone finally died that mattered. Uh, but before it was like the laundress or whatever. And they're like, well, well, they come, they go. Sober approached the 37-year-old cook about her possible role in spreading typhoid. He demanded samples of her blood, urine, and feces. And if I had a nickel for every time someone demanded feces from me. <laughs>
2: You'd have like a dollar twenty-five.
1: <laughs> it did not take Mary long to react to the suggestion, he later wrote, of the encounter. She seized a carving fork and advanced in my direction. So she was like, get the fuck out. If was someone who works in the kitchen, they have weapons, essentially, right near them. You know? Yes. Meat cleaver. Anything mm-hmm. like that. A frying pan. Straight up a Rapunzel your ass, bitch.
2: <laughs> Don't.
1: In the village of Corona. Ugh. In
2: reality, she would have. Cracked his skull. Oh,
1: man, but that's heavy. You know that, that cast, cast iron, iron yeah. yeah. That's
2: what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, yo.
1: Sober later said he was aware of research in Europe indicating that typhoid could have asymptomatic carriers, people walking around shedding germs who never appeared to get sick. He suspected Mary might be one of them. Next, he went to the health department officials with his theory. Since she refused to give samples, he decided to compile a five-year history of Mary's employment doing what epidemiologists today would call contact tracing so i guess tracing backwards where you've been
2: tracing back the poop
1: yep the poop follow source. the
2: diarrhea Ugh.
1: sober found that of the eight families that hired her as a cook members of seven claimed to have a contracted typhoid fever so it's a trail of typhoid tears
2: now if she always has it and you might get to this oh. later so then you can answer it later is can she not? Does she just like carry it around? She always has it.
1: Always. Well, there's some. Ex- they think, theorize. There's some things she refuses to do later on, also that might have helped. So I'll get there. Okay. But thank you for your question. Um, on his next visit, he took another doctor with him, but again was turned away. So she said, "Fuck off! You can't have my poop. I'm using it. I'm using it right now."
2: How did they had they get her to talk in uh, the nick?
1: Oh, yeah, they had that episode. I can remember it because I went, I was like, that's Typhoid Mary. That's what that is. Because it was in the Nick is setting in New York in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And they had a woman in there that they're trying to convince a judge to, like, do something with. And But she's like, I'm not sick. Look at me. I'm not sick. And they're like, she's not sick. So the doctors are like, but we're doctors. <laughs> that's a good show. If What is that on now, though?
2: Uh, they never... He like disembowels himself during surgery. End. during yeah. surgery, dies, and that was the end.
1: So they did two seasons, right? Right. And, but w-
2: well, I don't think it was the end for whatever reason, though it got canceled.
1: Okay, I mean, kind of works as the end because he kind of died. Clive Owen is the was the lead. Yeah. If you are easily triggered by heroin or coke,
2: don't watch. It. Don't watch
1: the Nick. <laughs> but I don't know where it's at right now. Even to watch it, I'm sure. I think you have to pay. For it,
2: uh, oh, it was on was it
1: Showtime. Yeah, or was it something like that? I can't fucking remember. Well, I don't know.
2: I think it was Stars, but
1: okay, we could. Yeah, so Doctor Sarah Josephine Baker came calling at the Park Avenue Estate, and Mary made a run for it, evading capture for three or five hours before police found her in a neighbor's shed. And deposited her into an ambulance, so they kind of took her like into custody. (laughs) She was dragged, kicking and cursing, by police and forced to give specimens at a hospital. How do you force out? Like you can hold someone down and take their blood. Well,
2: eventually she's gonna have. Eventually she's gonna have to poop.
1: So they just like, (laughs) I don't know. I I say, and if
2: you do it, we're gonna come in there with a hose and start spraying you and take our poop.
1: Take our poop from you. Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> it's so gross! I don't know. It's kind
2: of like what my my parents used to have to do. And if the dog, if one of the basset hounds took a shit, they'd have to run out there and yell at them because if not, they would turn around and, and eat, eat it. eat
1: it. Yep, that's a lovely quality.
2: That you know what? They're trying to help the environment.
1: <sighs> Coprophagic. That's what that is. Ugh. Barf. We're putting hot sauce on it. it. Doesn't help. They just consider it seasoning. Then, like, yeah. oh, this turd was spicy. I got some spicy turds. <laughs> that's so fucking gross. That's so wrong. Uh, one thing Boris doesn't do. So they forced her to give some specimens, and guess what?
2: She had di- She had IBS. <laughs>
1: no, was. she was full of typhoid bacteria. Soper soon announced his findings at a physician's conference, and she became world famous. The media dubbed her Typhoid Mary, depicting her as a heartless cereal poisoner flipping flapjacks full of germs. About a thousand New Yorkers got typhoid. To- <laughs> About a thousand New Yorkers Twifoid. got Got typhoid every year. Most of those were poor people with bad water supply. The few dozen that Mary had infected were rich. Uh oh. Uh oh. Shit's getting real. Shit. Although she harbored the extremely contagious bacteria that caused typhoid fever, Mary never demonstrated any of its symptoms, which included fever, headaches, diarrhea immune to the disease herself she you know. also
2: could have had corona what you just listed off there
1: does corona give you the shits
2: yeah i can't they, it can. they start finding that out i'm pretty sure at this point they've just come out and said anything if you have a, a itchy nut sack that and a fever and a fever that's that, all it is that could be a symptom
1: yeah Immune to the disease herself, she was the first person in the United States identified as an asymptomatic carrier of the pathogen. She denied ever having been sick with the disease, and it is likely she never had it, suffering only a mild flu episode, maybe. Flu-like episode. Mary Mallon was taken taken to an isolation ward at Willard Parker Hospital, and doctors tested her feces three times a week between March 20th and November 16th, 1907. Come here,
2: Mary. It's time to shit in the cup.
1: A fecal deposit is required or we're not going to feed you because you would have to feed her to get the shit out on the other end. (laughs) Uh, Typhoid is found in nearly every sample. Authorities suggested removing her gallbladder because they believed typhoid bacteria resided there. However, she refused as she did not believe she carried the disease at all. She was also unwilling to cease working as a cook. It's kind of the big deal here. That's the important part.
2: Although back then, though, if she couldn't do that. She literally would have starved. No, well. They couldn't work.
1: No. Um,
2: so really, in some regards, you should feel bad for her.
1: Oh, yeah. this She got railroaded. She got thrown under the bus. So doctors theorize that Mary likely passed along typhoid germs by failing to vigorously scrub her hands before handling food. However, since the elevated temperatures necessary to cook food would have killed the bacteria, Sober wondered just how she could have transferred the germs. Like most things get hot and it's enough that it kills off the bacteria. No one would ever know that you're a dirty cook passing germs. He found the answer in one of Mary's most popular dessert dishes. Ice cream with raw peaches cut up and frozen in it. Mmm, so them grubby little fingers be touching them peaches. She wipes her ass, doesn't wipe her hands, cuts up raw peaches, puts it in your ice cream, and you eat it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's how it happens.
2: Like it's one of those things. Every time before I made the peach one, I had to take a shit.
1: <laughs> just one of those. It just every time I saw peaches, I had to go poop. Had to. Every time Carla comes here, she has to shit. Oh.
2: Yeah. Our. Uh, our our plumbing thanks her for not showing up. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: So now we know, and everyone liked her peaches because, I don't know if I talked about it at one point. Okay, Because it had
2: a, somehow her peaches just had a a little hint of nut or corn.
1: Yeah, every time. It's a little contrasting palette. I like it a lot. I would be eating it. I fucking love ice cream. I don't know if I like peach ice cream, but if I don't have a lot of options, I would eat peach ice cream. Damn it.
2: And you go, wow. It's salty, yet sweet.
1: (laughs) Soper visited Mary at the hospital to explain why she had been confined for so long. When you go to the toilet, the germs which grow within your body get upon your fingers. And when you handle food and cooking, they get on the food. People who eat this food swallow the germs and get sick. So he's telling this poor, stupid Irish immigrant (laughs) how germs work he told her why
2: she's stupid. Huh? I don't know cuz the way he's explained
1: it to it makes it sound like she's stupid.
2: He was mansplaining it. Yes,
1: uh, yeah. If you wash your hands after leaving the toilet and before cooking there might be no trouble, which is true.
2: You don't all you need to do is sing the ABC song twice.
1: I thought it was happy birthday. Why you
2: scrub it? I heard Dr. Ozwan say you do ABCs
1: twice. But if, if I had to do the ABCs backwards, I'd be washing my hands all day. <laughs> I'd never be done. <laughs> He says, you don't keep your hands clean enough. I'm like, okay. Mary, frustrated and lonely, wasn't very receptive to his advice and again refused to give doctors permission to remove her gallbladder, which they suspected was the source of the germs. No knife will be put upon me, she told the doctor who requested to remove it. I've nothing the matter with my gallbladder. Boom. Tattoo it. Nothing the matter with my gallbladder. I think mine's fine. I think it's okay, right? I don't know. I don't even know what the gallbladder does. Okay. Typhoid fever. Also called typhoid acute infectious disease, it's caused by the bacterium salmonella typhi. The bacterium usually enters the body through the mouth by the ingestion of contaminated food or water, penetrates the intestinal wall, and multiplies in the lymphoid tissue. It then enters the bloodstream, where you have a problem.
2: Oopsie doodles.
1: Most major epidemics of typhoid fever have been caused by the pollution of public water supplies. Food and milk may be contaminated, however, by human carriers of the de- of the disease who is handling and processing them. Shellfish, particularly oysters grown in polluted water, and veg- and fresh vegetables grown in soil fertilized with contaminated sewage, are other possible causes. So, a lot of people knew it came from oysters. So, this guy that had to trace back her work history would be not, like,
2: "Not bat soup."
1: Ew, gross. Guano. It's a great movie is you know people at first were like, it's not you know it's from the oysters. that's where you get it from. People got sick, even though the ones who didn't eat oysters, so like it right. can't be it has to be something else on March twentieth, nineteen o seven Mary was placed in quarantine in a bungalow on sixteen acres on North Boulder Island off the Bronx shoreline, with only a fox terrier as a companion. Which I can't say I would ple- completely hate this. Like but I've had you know, Netflix because I couldn't watch Tiger King if I was <laughs> I wouldn't need the internet to. Okay.
2: Well at least I gave her somewhere to live. Yeah,
1: it's this is a big discussion too in ethics of con- you know, housing ill people and blah blah blah. Let's see. Held there under section eleven sixty nine and eleven seventy of the Greater New York Charter. She remained in isolation for how long? I don't know. Three years.
2: Well, by then, maybe she had a clean ass.
1: (laughs) Her quarters were originally built for the superintendent of nurses and were more spacious and more comfortable. But Mary was still treated like a dangerous outcast, isolated from the rest of the island's inhabitants. I don't know what else is going on in the island. I know it was used for stuff later on, but I think there was a hospital there and they did shit there. Hospital
2: stuff. Stuff. (laughs) Treated. Extreme cases of IBS.
1: Listen, that shit is deadly. Explosive. It's on its own time, too. You're not in control of it. I never had typhoid in my life, and having always been healthy, Mary wrote. Why should I have been banished like a leper and compelled to live in a solitary confinement with only a dog for a companion? Oh, sorry, Boris. Only a dog.
2: Who doesn't like peanut butter.
1: Armed with test results from a private laboratory that came up negative, Mary in 1909 sued the the health department for her freedom, but the New York Supreme Court denied her petition. But where did she get this money for, like, a fancy lawyer and to try to sue New York City? Yeah. Is the question. Uh, Speculation has fallen on a newspaper mogul, William Randolph Hearst, who had done so for other people whose stories interested his newspaper readers. So if a story has died down, I'll just give her some money to sue someone and the story comes back into circulation. Mary attracted so much media attention that she was called Typhoid Mary in a 1908 issue of the Journal of American Medical Association. Later in a textbook that defined typhoid fever, she was again called Typhoid Mary. She was making it into fucking textbooks with her like nickname shit. Like, Well, there's that. Eventually, Eugene H. Porter, the New York State Commissioner of Health, decided that disease carriers should no longer be kept in isolation and that Mary Mallon could be freed if she agreed to stop working as a cook and take responsible steps to prevent transmitting typhoid to others. Seems reasonable enough, you know.
2: I promise.
1: I super promise. On February 19, 1910, Mary agreed that she was prepared to change her occupation and would give assurance by affidavit that she would, upon her release, take such hygienic precautions as would protect those with whom she came in contact from infection. That's nice of her. I appreciate it. She was released from quarantine and returned to the mainland. But that doesn't end there. Upon her release, Mary was given a job as a laundress, which paid considerably less than cooking, but the soap used to clean them clothes kept her from spreading the germs, like, everywhere. Yeah. You're actually washing your hands on accident. It's like, I don't want to wash my hands, but doing laundry, I'm accidentally washing my hands. I hate it. After several unsuccessful years of working as a laundress, she changed her name to Mary Brown. Mary Brown. (laughs) And returned to her former occupation, despite having been explicitly instructed not to. But they don't know nothing. Them doctors don't know nothing. Mm. For the next five years, she worked in a number of kitchens. Wherever she worked, there were outbreaks of typhoid. So she still can't even fucking wash her hands And be a cook. Like she could have been like, they won't know as long as I just wash my hands after I scratch my ass. Then you know it'll be fine. Like he said, but no, still not gonna wash my hands. It adds more flavor. There
2: was a shortage of toilet paper, Uh, so you know, uh, just use your your hand.
1: Use books, paper, book pages. However, she changed jobs frequently again, and Soper was unable to find her. So he kind of knows, like this bitch, be back, be back, cooking stuff, flipping flapjacks with her dirty ass hands. (laughs) <laughs> After an average 10 to 14 day incubation period. So she's already gone. Been there 2 weeks and it takes 2 weeks for early symptoms of typhoid to appear. Headache, malaise, general ache, fever and restlessness that may interfere with sleep, which I don't appreciate. Yes. If I can sleep through an illness that I mean that helps. There may be loss of appetite, nosebleeds, cough and diarrhea, sometimes even constipation, which is weird. we we are start to list everything. Yeah. Persistent fever develops and gradually rises, usually reaching 103 to 104 degrees after 7 to 10 days. Left untreated, the fever continues with only slight morning remission for another 10 to 14 days, sometimes longer. This is a long illness. Like it's not, you know, it's like a whole month that you're sick. During about the second week of fever, typhoid bacilli are present in great numbers in the bloodstream. At that point, some patients develop a a rash of small rose-colored spots on their trunk, which lasts four to five days and then fade away. Patches along the intestinal wall in which the typhoid bacilli have multiplied have become inflamed and necrotic and may slough off. Slough is one of my favorite words. Leaving ulcers in the walls of the intestine, the dead fragments of an intestinal tissue may erode blood vessels, causing hemorrhaging, or may perforate the intestinal wall, allowing intestines' contents to enter the peritoneal cavity, aka peritonitis. So, like, this is a rough illness. yikes yeah like it can not that doesn't happen to everyone the intestinal like part erosion yeah other complications can include acute inflammation of the gallbladder heart failure pneumonia osteomyelitis encephalitis and meningitis with a continued high fever the symptoms usually increase in intensity and mental confusion and delirium may appear by the end of the third week the patient is emaciated Abdominal symptoms are marked, and mental disturbance is prominent, so you are fucking nuts on top of dying, like you don't know like you're so confused and i'm sure and I know not everyone dies from this, but I'm sure some of it has to do with like dehydration, like what you can keep you know you're yes. you got to keep enough fluids in, and how healthy you were to begin with. Yes, so having heard some of this, I wouldn't appreciate my dirty ass cook coming into my house cause I'm wealthy in nineteen o six I'm very wealthy, I wouldn't appreciate. Her not washing her grubby hands, her poop-covered hands, my wealthy house, with all my money. Sick people. Rich people don't get sick.
2: There was a lot of dogs that liked to lick her hands.
1: In favorable cases, about the beginning of the fourth week, the fever begins to decline, the symptoms begin to abate, and the temperature gradually returns to normal. Four weeks of being real, real sick is a long time. If untreated, typhoid fever proves fatal in about 10 to 30% of all cases. With treatment, as few as 1% of patients die with the disease. What is treatment for typhoid
2: fever? That's what I was going to ask.
1: It is a bacteria, so it is antibiotics that help get rid of the body of S. typhi. However, this treatment, the antibiotics for this, was not invented until 1948. So when she be Oops. spreading the germs around in the early 1900s, there's no treatment for it. I think I saw something where they were talking about there's a vaccine, but I don't know. You know, Just because they have a vaccine for something doesn't mean everyone gets it. Like there's a vaccine for rabies, but like I don't have that, you know. And so I don't know how. But pro- they give it to dogs. They do. I don't know how prevalent it is to have a typhoid vaccine or if it only works ahead of time. I didn't research it. It's not all my job. In 1915, Mary started another major outbreak, this time at Sloan Hospital for Women in New York City. I think this is a maternity hospital. So pregnant women. Now, we're getting those people sick, too. 25 people were infected and two died. She again left, but the police were able to find and arrest her when she took food to a friend on Long Island. (laughs) Don't bring me food. After arresting her, public health authorities returned her to quarantine. On North Brother Island. She
2: thought she brought her toast and Nutella.
1: Ugh! That's not Nutella! And this was on March 27, 1915. She was still unwilling to have her gallbladder removed.
2: What are the Hershey Kisses doing here on my ham sandwich?
1: Just a little extra love. Mary remained confined for the remainder of her life. She began a min- She became a minor celebrity and was occasionally interviewed by the media. They were told not to accept even water from her. Later, she was allowed to work as a technician in the island's laboratory washing bottles, so she's using soap. She hates soap.
2: Well, that's good.
1: Mary spent the rest of her life, like I said, 23 years in quarantine at the Riverside Hospital. Six years before her death, she was paralyzed by a stroke. On November eleventh, 1938, she died of pneumonia at the age of 69. A post-mortem examination found evidence of live typhoid bacteria in her gallbladder. Mary's body was cremated and her ashes were buried at St. Raymond's Cemetery in the Bronx.
2: Although back then, having your gallbladder removed was a lot bigger deal than what yeah. it was. Yeah, and I, I mean, so and I think, think there is
1: some merit to that. Like, there is, like, you can, like, I think they were right in believing, you know, because sometimes they be like, well, we'll take your tonsils out and that'll fix the typhoid. Like, well, like, yeah. work. But this, I think it really would have, but again... And they were trying to say, we'll get the finest surgeon to do it. And it's like, but to be cut open, we know now, like, it's just not even if you don't have to, you shouldn't do it. And we have all the stuff to take after you've been cut into all the antibiotics and shit. What is it on the neck? It was the people with syphilis and their noses would fall off. And so they would hold their arms. Remember like this, a patch of skin from the underside of your arm would be attached to your nose and you'd have to hold your arm up over your head until the skin grew to your nose. And could be oh, shaped into a yeah. nose. It was so, and I think that's the thing. I think it did happen, but it was so weird. And it worked. I think so. I think it did. It's just a lot. There's a lot going on there. Typhoid bacteria can persist for an indefinite period of time in the bile passages of patients. If they practice poor hygiene or if they are, there are food handlers, those carrying can pass the infection to a healthy healthy Yeah, Patients who are recovering from typhoid fever are transient carriers of the disease, excreting the bacteria in stool or urine for up to three months. Patients who continue to excrete the bacteria for a year or more after infection are considered to be long-term carriers. Among the infections, Mary caused at least three deaths were attributed to her, but it's probably more. However, because of her use of aliases and refusal to cooperate, the exact number is unknown. Other healthy typhoid carriers identified in the first quarter of the 20th century include Tony LaBella, an Italian immigrant presumed to have caused over 100 cases with five deaths. So we don't even know this dude. And he was more fatal. Yeah. An Adirondack guide dubbed Typhoid John, presumed to have infected 36 people and two deaths. By the time she died, New York health officials had identified more than 400 other healthy carriers of salmonella typhi, but no one was ever forcibly confined or victimized as an unwanted ill. Yeah. So, I think they said it had something to do with the fact that she was an Irish immigrant. Like, that was an unmarried Irish immigrant woman. And these other guys were... Italian men that had families to support. So it was harder just to pick them up and put them on an island.
0: And I think some
1: of them also complied more. Like, okay, I won't touch food. Like, you know, that type of thing. And I'll report back like a parole officer with my poop. I have a poop, poop, poop parole officer I have to report to. I wanted to read a couple examples of other, since we're doing a quarantine thing, like this is happening currently to us, or they call it shelter in place, quote unquote. Yes. Who invented that?
2: I don't know. Uh, Someone who likes to walk around and put lipstick on pigs.
1: Oink oink, motherfucker! Bubonic plague in Venice in 1370. The so-called Black Death killed 20 million Europeans in the 14th century, so Venice, a major trade port, grew nervous. If a ship was suspected of harboring plague, it had to wait 40 days before any passengers or goods could come ashore. 40 days. Venice built a hospital-slash-quarantine center on the island off its coast where sailors from plague-infested ships were sent to either get better or more likely die. This 40-day waiting period became known as quarantinario, from Italian word for 40. So that's where our quarantine word comes from. You're welcome. Grazie. They eventually shrank it down to 30 days, trentinario, but we call it quarantine still. So yellow fever in Philadelphia, seventeen ninety three, almost five thousand people died over the course of two years, about a tenth of the city's population. Thousands fled to the countryside, and at the height of the epidemic, when nearly a hundred people were dying every fucking day, the city government collapsed. Philadelphia was the capital of the country, but the federal government evacuated rather than facing the scourge. I mean, yeah. The best known cure of the time was to bleed patients of infected blood and give them Wine.
2: No one makes me bleed my own blood.
1: So we're going to take out your blood and give you alcohol. Like, people would be drunk quick, you'd think.
2: <laughs> yeah. I um, wonder how well that
1: worked. And a popular theory on stopping the disease was to quarantine sailors at the Laz- Lazaretto, a hospital outside the city. The disease is spreading through mosquitoes, though, so quarantine was not as effective as the, the cold weather that killed the insects. The Lazaretto, named for Lazarus, the biblical leper treated and brought back to life by Jesus, remains the oldest surviving quarantine hospital in the United States. Fun fact. Now you're all smarter. You're welcome. Thank you. In New York, 1892, a boat carrying many Russian Jewish immigrants arrived at Ellis Isle. Passengers and steerage class had developed such bad cases of body lice that the harbor inspector declared he had never seen a more bedraggled group. Lice led to typhus, but by the time the disease was discovered, the passengers had spread out to the boarding houses and family homes across New York's Lower East Side. At least 70 were rounded up in quarantine in tents on North Brother Island and the East River. An outbreak of cholera followed in New York from a ship bringing more Russian Jewish immigrants. So this is like, it happens a lot.
2: You know, it might be boring in Indiana. Mm -hmm. But at least when the, the shit comes to town, it spreads a lot slower.
1: Yep. World War One, 1917, raging with the U.S. military became concerned about the number of young men ineligible for the draft because of sexually transmitted diseases like syphilis and gonorrhea. One of those is like you can cure those in the 19- one
2: time in your life that <clears throat> you're like, uh, it would have been gonorrhea because syphilis they couldn't cure syphilis until yeah. after they invented penicillin. So and that's what I was gonna say. I didn't know when it was. So syphilis might not have been the good one to get. No. <clears throat>
1: They also noticed an uptick in camp girls or sex workers and other women hanging around U.S. training groups and military recruitment centers. Uh, a federal order allowed for the incarceration of sex workers and camp girls until they were deemed STD-free via mandatory testing.
2: Except <laughs> except they didn't call them sex workers back then. Mm-hmm, that's me. <laughs> they called it the whore.
1: <laughs> an estimated 30,000 women were picked up in raids. There is no evidence that the uh, impact the rates of transmission he says uh, this guy, important smart person, but there was the notion that these women constituted a serious threat to our success in the war because if you get one of these men sick, they can't go and get shot for the country if they've got itchy balls here, they can't go and to That's
2: the- how they began banning prostitutes yep. yeah
1: that while the women were being rounded up and held in prison pretty much. Uh, Often longer after, be, even if they tested negative, they still didn't let them out. The army was issuing condoms to soldiers, though, and shipping them to France. So it's like the women have to stay, you dirty, dirty hoes have to stay in prison. But the men, they just give condoms and like, please use, just please use this. And they send them on their way. Right? Right. The flu. Dun, dun, dun. The global pandemic, which killed an estimated 50 million, prompted quarantine and isolation as well as school cancellation in Europe, and a ban on public gatherings in parts of the U.S., 1917 to 1919. These methods were merely held the disease at bay temporarily and were a huge social disruption. We're currently experiencing a huge (laughs) social disruption. Influenza is one of the most contagious diseases in the world. A few minutes with a patient who is coughing and sneezing can be enough to transmit the disease. You'd need to spend eight hours with a tuberculosis patient to be infected. Which I'm sure this applies for the corona thing too. Just a few minutes.
2: Yeah.
1: Speaking of tuberculosis, this is 07. You made have a joke. <laughs> This dude, Andrew Specker, speaker, a lawyer from Atlanta, was suspected of having extensively multi-drug resistant tuberculosis in '07, a dangerous version of the infectious and deadly respiratory disease. While awaiting test results, Andrew flew to Europe for his wedding and honeymoon, hitting Paris, Athens, Mykonos Island, Rome, and Prague. Then he flew to Montreal, <laughs> and was able to cross the border to the U.S., where he put under for his first involuntary isolation. yeah so that and people were making the jokes of this corona joke because we can joke about this if we need to the corona thing it's like oh i have the flu i'm gonna stay home someone with the coronavirus was like oh i think i'm gonna travel the world and touch everything on my way it's like so that's what this dude did he apologized to those he'd flown with but insisted the cdc told him it was safe to travel they would not they said no they did not we did not say it was okay. You did that because you wanted to get married. Give a fuck about the rest of all y'all. I'm going getting get married and going on my honeymoon. I paid a lot of money for this. Here's my cruise. My Disney cruise.
2: I tell you what, after all this, there's going to be a lot of different restrictions on international travel mm-hmm. and leaving the country. It's just not going to be as easy as it was. Mm-mm.
1: The good news is this guy didn't infect anyone, they don't think. Today, typhoid Mary is a colloquial term for anyone who is knowingly Or unknowingly spreading disease or infection to others. Just like the coronavirus. You don't fucking know you got it. And you're giving it to people. So that that is what I got. It's very interesting. Wash your damn hands. Right?
2: Just change your pants. Just
1: change your pants, George. So wash your hands uh, before you cook. Wash your hands after you wipe your ass. Use toilet paper. If you have it. If you don't have it. I don't.
2: I tell you, all the different people bitching about 2019 at the end of the year, oh. last year, I'm not looking forward to listening to it this year.
1: What year was it when the clowns were coming out of the woods to kill us? We should go back to that year. I'm more comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yes. What was the thing that if we run out of toilet paper, the sock, what'd you, what was the name for the sock meme you found? The shit mitt?
2: Oh, the shit mitt.
1: Yeah, you just use a sock. Yes. Preferably an old sock, and you just use that to wipe your ass with, and then you wash it. Barf.
2: <laughs> well, everyone's freaking out over fucking toilet paper. Use your and use like old socks. Pick your least favorite t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, a tube sock, you can kind of put it in there and use it like floss. Oh, so, you know, God.
1: Cool. No. Okay, you got anything else? Nope. Okay, good. That's why we're here. Minutes nope. of fun.
2: It's fun being uh essential. I'm you essential to the essential. fabric of society. It's
1: a great honor. Right? So
2: the best one's the picture of Ralph Wiggum from The Simpsons sitting on the back of the bus and it says,
1: I'm essential. <laughs> you're essential. So I think you're important. You're important to me. Does that thank help? You. Thank you. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. And every day you come home, we have you have to take your clothes out into the backyard. Pose you down and then set your clothes on fire. Get a new pair of clothes the next day.
2: So I don't bring home typhoid.
1: Yep. Man, that would be shitty. (laughs) 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 Okay. Yes, this is Patreon. You're welcome.
2: Grassy ass.
1: And we will see you next time. Not in person, though, because we can't touch anyone. All right. And for honest to goodness.
2: Stay out of the corn. (laughs) Stay
1: out of the corn. Wah, wah. What are you TV babies? Are you a good boy? All that mud. I gotta go clean mud. <laughs>
0: short podcast and my mom and everything and that's Danielle and my dad is called daniel um carla comes over mom what do you think about podcasts oh i love podcasts this could be for my mom me right now this could be perfect what's your answer about when you get bigger
1: well i'm already bigger
0: well what do you want to do when you get bigger for right now
1: just be a mom and a podcaster.
0: Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so what do you want to be now? I want to know what you want to be. Oh, <laughs> I want to be the same thing you want to be. You
1: don't want to be a doctor?
0: Um, I'll have three jobs if you want me
1: to. Maybe a lawyer? What? What?
0: Don't, do <laughs> Well, what's your answer about the podcast, You, which
1: part do you like? Which part of my podcast I like the end the best? Mm. Why? <laughs> because that means it's over.
0: <laughs> oh, that's kind of silly. But which part do you like? Not the the part when you which first part and last part you like. It's about which part you like to talk about.
1: I like it when Daddy laughs. That's my favorite part.
0: Oh. <laughs> Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's funny. But I like the part <laughs> when when you put it on and uh and I listen to it, it's so funny. Just kind of buzz. <laughs> hey, you're not you
1: don't listen to our podcast.
0: LA? <laughs> right. Sometimes you put it up in just a little, well, I just want to have a little smaller I'm just, I'm gonna be a veterinarian. Oh, that was
1: you. good, yeah. It's kinda like a dog doctor.
0: Well, how right? can I get it, but what do you like to do when you're well, small, when you want to be a veterinarian for?
1: I liked animals, and that's about all the qualifications I had. Well, we have
0: one animal, it's Boris.
1: What does Boris do all day? Well, oh. a- I do get like,
0: hey, yeah! Who's <laughs> here? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hello! And that's our podcast for the day. So, bye!